the future of photography. So, mate, how did we get to episode 50? Oh, we need to... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have this box here, and then we go... <laughs> there you go. 50 celebrations. Uh, you are the Michael Rasso of digital photography. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always have that ready in my desk drawer. Um, so, episode 50, holy cow. That is... Yeah. Hmm. What yes. can I say? Um, so, so, I feel like we're reasonably established now. I definitely, I think we are. We are. We are in some top 25 lists. We are... Um, actually, we're quite well placed on iTunes, so um, I think we're we. The future of photography has a bright future ahead. Yeah, and a back catalogue, which is cool. <laughs> Putting that I together, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it makes you findable, right? Makes people makes you pop up in search results of people. Yeah, it does come with a bit of a risk, though, doesn't it? Because all of those predictions that we were very happy and carefree no, 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 about no, no. making a year not predictions, ago. <laughs> not predictions. Those are speculations. We have to <laughs> clearly label this. We should we should maybe rename the show to Speculating About the Future of Photography. Yes, possibly we possibly we should. It doesn't just doesn't roll off the tongue quite so easily. Not though, quite. But, uh, <laughs> but we're doing all right, and and uh, I, I'm really pleased actually. I know. I suppose we should wait to 52 and celebrate being one year old. But 50 seems like a big number, unless you compare it, of course, with uh, tips from the top floor. What are you up to there now? Oh, 870 something, 80. It's yeah, it's getting ridiculous. It's I should. Many podcasters do seasons. They yes. do like bundles of 10, 20 episodes and then call that season one, season two. And I always thought that, I don't know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the thing I wanted to do. And then, but then sometimes people come and, and find the show and they decide, oh, it has a consecutive numbering scheme. So it must be like episodic. It must be important to listen to it from the start so some people still do that they still go back to episode one and then work their way through which is i think connected with certain health risks so you shouldn't do this yeah um, mental health at the very least I, yes. at the, very, the future of photography 50 episodes i think you can still kind of plow your way through it even Just, though yeah. even though i've maybe some of the older ones might as you said, become a bit ridiculous in terms of what we're speculating on. It'd be fun. Though. It'd be fun to listen back to them and see what we thought at the time. But uh, oh, and how we developed. Go. I mean, the, the, the early the early episodes of every podcast are kind of a bit awkward, you know. Yeah, but they, you know, uh, we've we, we've passed that stage, thank, thankfully, and now we're here. And uh, I suppose we better get on with this week's show. Um, okay, what did you bring us today? What did I bring us today? Well, do you know what? <clears throat> um, this is to do uh, with the future of visual communication. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, so yeah, you'll have to bear with me for the preamble because it might not sound like it's on topic for a minute, but there okay. is, there is, I'll get there in the end. <laughs> so, um, do, you, do you have this phenomenon in Germany where people are walking along and making video calls? Uh, you mean while they walk? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, just while they're out and about in the city. Happens think, a lot in the UK these I days. I think I've seen a couple, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, it's it's um, it's especially with uh, I think in London, we, you know, I see uh, the the people that are doing it look more like tourists, and I think partly it's because they're calling home and they're wanting to do like a a, a real time selfie video with their family, That's a city tour, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. But uh, it's um, yeah, often they have no headphones on, um, so there's lots of shouting and the the, the phone volume is up full because the uh, because it's a, a busy noisy city and stuff like that and it always amazes me they just don't go bang and clunk it, you know face plant a lamppost you know? does it amaze <laughs> does it amaze you or do they annoy you uh well you know it, it's interesting it, how it, new technology is can be kind of amazing and annoying at the same time but back i mean i'm 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 old enough to remember the time before cell phones and it when they were coming on the scene initially they annoyed the heck out of me because they were uh, first of all the big and clunky and then the people were kind of smug about having one you know oh i remember it well i remember it well so i, I don't think it i think it amazes me mostly it amazes me that there aren't more accidents <laughs> um <laughs> you know especially in london where you have to look you know 360 degrees before you step off a curb you know because <laughs> traffic just goes wherever it wants in look london right <laughs> yeah and maybe it's not as crazy as some other cities in the world but but i think london because it looks like it's supposed to operate in a certain ordered fashion possibly lulls try you into a false sense of security <laughs> yeah try Kathmandu. it's very different <laughs> yeah yes Kathmandu, a very different place isn't it so so it, yeah but it's um but you don't expect there to be order in Kathmandu. you don't expect no, traffic you don't. to no, come from don't. the right direction in Kathmandu. you expect Traf it to come from everywhere traffic traffic laws in Kathmandu are more on the level of suggestions yeah <laughs> they yeah, are abs absolutely anyway so so th th this is a thing right and you know i look at it and I, it amazes me people don't hurt themselves it, it only annoys me if they do it somewhere which is supposed to be a little bit more quiet like on a train or something like that i mean if it's out and about on the street <laughs> can you hear me now yeah exactly yeah and, vid and and the sound coming back in but yeah other than that it's okay so you think about that and you think that's got to be Why are they doing it? What are they getting out of it that they they don't get from just making a phone call? Or or is this even more common these days? I mean, as soon as you know, text messaging became a, a a slightly more normal thing. You know, I don't know about you, but a lot of the phone calls that I would have made were quite easily replaced by text messaging, mm -hmm. um, and, and that had the benefit of being asynchronous, so it was easier for people to respond to and and stuff like that. So, so you know, there's that. It, I find it slightly counterintuitive that people want to wander around a city um, making video calls, but I'll, I, I, and so there's the, that, that's the, the the cultural phenomenon, I guess. But then let, I'd like to talk a little bit about actually um, where that video communication is incredibly important. Um, and this stems from work I've done. Uh, the, the, the idea for this conversation today comes from work that I've done over the years with the armed forces. And um, particularly, um, I, uh, you know, some years back when I was working in uh, a, a communications area of the, uh, the UK Ministry of Defence with people that... Um, Uh, design and build and and, and buy you know, communications uh, services and equipment. Um, the what, one thing astounded me at the time was the importance that people put on 
video conferencing especially in the military and now it's a bit more now, now it's used all over the place the military use it all over the place the emergency services use it uh, and even you see these stories don't you about surgeons who are using video technology video conferencing technology to support colleagues in faraway places for complex medical operations and stuff like that um and, and you know it got me intrigued because there's there's a there's got to be a reason for it right yeah, I mean, the, okay, so I'm I'm of the same thought as you are when it comes to the uh, text messaging replacing uh, re- replacing voice calls to a certain extent because when I get a phone contract, the data part is the most important one for me. But that's yeah. also partially because I'm a nerd, you know. <laughs> so I <laughs> I I think that is um, that is uh, a kind of normal for me. But we have had this need or this wish for video communication for a long time i've uh i've just added into our our, the notes that we're working off here a a link to an image that i recently came across from it's from a from a i don't know some tv show from the 60s and it uh, shows this weird contraption on someone's desk um that is a video phone it's huge. <laughs> but, it looks like an overgrown <clears throat> Polaroid camera. Though, doesn't yeah. <laughs> it? Doesn't it? Um, but of course, if, if you look at this, it has, there's something kind of pseudo modern to it. I mean, the phone with the, with the, the rotary dial phone next to it kind of gives away the, the yeah, date. Indeed, but, yes, indeed. Um, and the weird phone receiver that's next to it that's probably supposed to look futuristic. And of course, the lack of a keyboard and any computer uh, on that desk also kind of and a lot of paper on them well now i have a lot of paper on my desk too but <laughs> but i think there has always been this wish to talk face to face there is something different um talking face to face with another person there, there is and so do you know what i did ask uh, th- th- those few years ago um i did ask uh, uh, an army officer um i believe he was even in the royal signals so you know he's the, he's a man who would know um, you know, what's the deal here? What, why, why is it that this is? I mean, because it's really hard, of course, if you want to have a video call from, uh, you know, from uh, an HQ uh, in the UK to um, uh, an operational theatre, perhaps in the Middle East. Um, uh, you yeah, know, that's quite a hard thing to do to create a secure video connection to that. And uh, the answer was um, really insightful for me. Um, it's it's a far richer way of mm-hmm. communicating. If you can see the face of the recipient, because uh, and the the very plain and straightforward uh, answer that the army officer gave to me was um, the soldier on the other end of, of whatever rank. Right. So um, we'll say, well, we'll absolutely say, yes, sir. But it's the look on his face that tells you what he really thinks. Mm hmm. And whether that makes them nervous or whether or, or, or potentially, I guess, very, very scared indeed, uh, or whether he thinks it's a daft idea and his face is full of scorn. <laughs> I say him. Sorry, that's that's a, a poor choice of words with they, they because, of course, there's plenty of uh, female officers uh, and soldiers in operations these days, at least for the UK. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, that um, the recipient of the communication will will have, of course, uh, as everybody does in the world, uh, non-verbal communication, which makes for a far richer picture. I remember a, fr- a friend of mine, I came across this, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, actually, 
Um, a friend of mine uh, did her thesis on CMC, Computer Mediated Communication, which um, um, was through well, the early 90s. You might remember IRC, still in existence, Internet Relay Chat, which is pretty much an uh, early form of uh, chat rooms. So yeah, you, you, I, I, I was never I was never a major user of it because I, yeah. I was a little bit later than that coming to the internet. I was a bit slow on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but it's it's pretty much text based chat. No icons, no avatars, no videos, no no rich media, just text. And there are and that's I mean I'm in no way an expert in that, but that's what I kind of gleaned from what what she told me about it. There are different levels of communication, and uh, and you will try to get at least some of what the higher levels of communication have into the lower ones because you kind of need them. The facial expressions have mm -hmm. uh, pretty early on been uh, kind of augmented onto the text by using emojis, for example. Oh, I'm glad you brought up emojis. I wanted the, to talk about that. And emoji, that emojis are, are, are and, and, and different, different cultures have different emojis. There's the Japanese emojis, the American emojis. It's, yeah. It, it, yeah, I know. I'm glad you brought up the subject of emojis because a lot of our communication, are, are, well, let, so let, let me, so if I'd said to you, I, let's say, you know, uh, 150 years ago, the, the richest form of communication we had really available to us that, that could be passed around was, of course, the written word, right? On paper. On paper, yes. Um, and so that, 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 and that's a very rich way of communicating. And, and now the vast majority of stuff that gets passed around is, um, is a different kind of richness, I think. So the, 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 you know, the, uh, member of the public level um a lot of what gets passed around of course is these text messages which are chock full of emojis these days and uh you know i'm emojis are both a a, a simplification of language i think because they don't have the nuance that uh, a written language has in that sense but equally they are they are richer than the small number of words that the vast majority of us use most of the time. So you can communicate quite concisely how you feel about something, which is, which is really good. And, in, and, and when you combine that with the fact that a lot of our communication, our written communication is very short form, you know, you know, Twitter's original 140 characters or the 160, I think that an SMS carries mm -hmm. uh, or used to carry. Um, well, it still does, but uh, the, the devices are smart enough to just split that up into multiple To string ones, them together, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So, so it's, so, um, you know, with, with that very much abbreviated form of communication, actually, uh, you know, a single character like an emoji that can uh, convey a much richer idea is, is a really powerful tool. But, you know, but then if you look at uh, a lot of us now get, you know, even uh, dare I say it, the glorious British Broadcasting Corporation. You know, you look at their news website, and half the pages on their news website these <laughs> days are videos, and well, and the writing is quite sparse. But look, looking at it from a physiological point of view, um, I I've read somewhere that over over uh, at least half of our brain is involved when there is visual processing going on. So our brain is highly specialized on on dealing with visual information so that is the that that has for us probably has some of the least uh, abstraction level the lowest abstraction level 
I mean, you, you can be really rich with language, with text. Uh, I'll just read some of the philosophers. Um, you were, it's amazing what you can convey and what kind of ideas you can uh, convey just with a written word. But it is an amazing level of abstraction as well because you have to kind of go through it and disassemble it. Whereas looking at a picture or a video, it's immediate. It, you just in instinctively understand what it means. And, and this is why I wanted to talk about it, because at one level, you've got people that I'm absolutely amazed they don't walk into a lamppost or fall off a curb <laughs> and under a bus, right? And you know, yeah, and then at another level, you know, our, our cameras, right, whether it's the ones in our phones or whether it's the, the uh, you know, we, of course, uh, you know, with all the recent announcements in, in new cameras um, that, that come typically at this time every year, um you know there's far far more video stuff coming in so so us with as photographers there's far more video and far richer video capability coming at us all the time um are our cameras actually going to become i don't are they going to is the future of photography that the richest type of communication that are that, that can be provided is the stuff that comes from our cameras are it's our not... cameras the new <laughs> written word uh, are, are our cameras the way that um uh, and you know i'll choose my words very carefully here but are our cameras the way that memes will grow you know it, it's not martin luther hammering a piece of paper to a church door right it's a, 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 an internet meme about whatever that passes things around and 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 the role that our cameras play in it so so what does this mean for the future of photography well i i put it to you mr marquardt <laughs> i put it to you that our cameras the things we carry around with us every day big or small whichever the format are, are probably going to or possibly going to be the the way that we convey rich messages in I, the future i believe that we're already there oh okay i think i think we've crossed that threshold long ago uh because we have we have okay every every means of production or many means of production start off with just an exclusive uh an exclusive circle of people having access to it and um, that started off with well, writing. Re reading and writing was not for everyone. It was only for the rich people uh, until uh, stuff happened and made it available to others. Uh, the printing press, all these kind of things are um, also a history of democratizing the means of production for books and so on. And so the same thing happened with cameras as, as early cameras were, the early cameras were just, well, for the rich, for the alchemists, for people who knew how to deal with chemistry, who had access to that stuff and had access to silver because uh, silver isn't cheap. And I think it was never really cheap. So it was, it was a very exclusive circle of people who could do photography. And over the years, and it still was for a long time with cameras being expensive, and it ended up uh, becoming, well, completely democratized. Everyone, even poor, the poorest people usually have a smartphone, because for many of those, that's their only computer, that's their only link into the, into the, uh, into society outside of just their, their four walls. Everyone has a camera now. So this whole 
yeah, it's not an exclusive circle anymore. So we use that and we've been using this for, well, since pretty much smartphones have been out, uh, we've been using that and more and more people get access to it without even having to think about it. So where does it go next then? That's what I'm worried about because a lot of those photos that people take are are, are not high points of human culture, are they? <laughs> but but they are they are means of communication. That's another thing. I mean, we often when we say photography, we often talk about the the art side of things, uh, making great art, fine art, beautiful things to look at, to put up on the wall, to hang up in a gallery. But uh, photography as a means of communication is probably way more important okay that, that's interesting isn't it because if you think about some of the great cultural achievements of our time um uh, let, 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 i don't know whether those are music uh, or the, the written word or uh, something that has been painted or sculpted or or, or architecture or whatever but a lot of that stuff is really hard to come by isn't it and it's not it's it's not necessarily that i believe that the the amount of effort required to achieve something is what makes it important it's that actually to do good stuff takes effort right oh and um, and, um, and i'm not saying that photography is in any way better than the written word um it is a it's 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 a different kind of communication and it is it has its strength in different ways uh than the written word so i don't don't think one or the other will will replace things it's it's more of a an addition, an addition into the uh, into the pool of of communication of means of communication. Yeah. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Um, uh, an idea has just occurred to me um, because there there is no real um, uh, there is no real answer to this, is it? Because it's such a rich thing, commu human communication. So it's it's not it's not really the right thing for us to try and do to uh, to suggest. Whether whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, um, although you could argue that natural selection will kick in um, at some point, and people who spend too much time video calling whilst they should be looking out for buses and trucks <laughs> will probably and and fairly handily remove themselves from their gene pool. So so all all good with that. <laughs> um, and uh, I will uh, I'll sign out of the show if I may um, uh, with a book recommendation. Cool. Um, have you ever read Anathem by Neil Stevenson? No, I have not. Okay, uh, I'm aware assume, of Neil Stevenson. Though, uh, yes. I, I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. And and of course, for for those who recognise the name but are scratching their heads, um, he, his most famous book, I think, at this point is still Snow Crash, um, which uh, uh, alongside Neuromancer by William Gibson is. Uh, he is he also wrote the as, Cryptonomicon, right? Oh, that was yes, that that's, was that's awesome. his. Yeah, okay. In fact, in fact, actually, Cryptonomicon was awesome. The Baroque Cycle was awesome. Um, <laughs> Anathem was awesome. The only one I've never managed to finish was Reemd, um, but that, that's another thing. Uh, but yeah, Snow, Snow Crash is is the, is um, uh, an early. Uh, I'm not sure that I'd call it cyberpunk in the same way that uh, that Neuromancer is cyberpunk. But uh, anyway, um, point is um, that uh, in Anathem. Um, there are some really, really good ideas about uh, communication and about, uh, yeah, particularly about uh, 
uh, uh, particularly about how uh, human language evolves. Uh, it, that, that's a side track to the main story, but there's some interesting ideas in there. So I'll sign off the show, if I may, uh, with a recommendation. Uh, everybody should go and read Anathem by Neil Stevenson, including you, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm, as, as you speak, I'm putting this on my, on my list of books, yes. Okay, there you go. Right, well... Um, that's all I had for today. Hopefully it's been a thoughtful conversation. Oh, I enjoyed it. That was fun. <laughs> um, all right, episode 50 in the can. The future photography coming back in a week from now. See you then. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 